Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're looking at why prices for real estate in Australia fell by 8.4% in the past two years. And we're answering the question as to whether what happened in Australia could happen elsewhere in the near future. Australia's median house price dropped 8.4% between July 2017 and May of 2019. With only a handful of larger price dips during the late 1800s, the slump surpassed the recession of the 1900s and the 2008 financial crisis, making it the worst ever recorded in recent decades. Markets in Sydney and Melbourne were hit the hardest during the downturn, which lasted from mid-2017 until well into this year. The average price drop in those markets was 22.5% in Sydney and 32% in Melbourne. Following a boom that peaked in 2017, prices began to fall due to tighter lending conditions, lower buyer confidence, and changes to Chinese investor loan limits. The government launched a Banking Royal Commission inquiry into lending practices. It commenced in late 2017 and it concluded earlier this year. It resulted in a crackdown on lending practices by the major banks in Australia. The government-led inquiry caused major banks to tighten up on their lending practices that pulled a ton of liquidity out of the market and causes house prices to slump all across Australia. Much like the 2008 financial crisis, the downturn in Australia was the result of significantly reduced availability of credit in the market. And at the same time, demand from Chinese buyers, Australia's largest offshore property investors, also slowed in 2017 and last year. We've seen the same dynamic in the US and in Canada. China's government has imposed tighter capital controls, making it harder for residents to move money out of their own economy. There's still a lot of money coming into the market from China, but the numbers are down significantly. Today, Chinese buyers have a cap of 50,000 Australian dollars, or about 33,000 American, that they can take outside the country in a given year. Australian banks also tightened lending restrictions on international buyers, including Chinese investors, who account for almost 30% of the nation's foreign property purchases. Interest rates are pretty low in Australia, just like in Europe, the US, and Canada. The official interest rate is currently sitting at a record low of 0.75%, with experts predicting a further rate cut in the new year. Much like the 2008 downturn in the US, the availability of credit is more important than the interest rate. When financing is hard to come by, the balance between buyers and sellers changes dramatically. The only buyers are cash buyers, sellers will drop their price in order to sell. Proof that the problem is a credit problem rather than a real estate problem is the fact that since May, Lending has opened up and prices in Sydney and Melbourne have risen almost 6% in both those markets in just a few months. Conditions started to improve following the federal election this year in May. The election impact was primarily because there were no changes to the tax incentives that many property investors rely on. This was then followed by three interest rate cuts, making financing substantially cheaper. The cuts were initiated by the Reserve Bank of Australia to help stimulate a struggling broader economy. It's fair to say that the issues in Australia were unique to that country, but it goes to show you that something as simple as an investigation into the banking practices can, at least temporarily, crater the real estate values in a single market. So the question is, could we see a credit crunch again in the US, in Europe, or in Canada? And if so, what would be the cause? We often think about the levels of sovereign debt so that many countries around the world, they've actually signed up to them. This includes every major economy in the world. We're talking about the US, China, Japan, the UK, Canada, Italy, and yes, even Switzerland. So far, the problem for Australia has been limited to a regulatory issue. There was no domino effect. 
it was limited counterparty risk. You might be wondering, what on earth is counterparty risk? Well, I'm glad you asked. Counterparty risk happens when an asset on my balance sheet appears as a liability on your balance sheet. If you fail to pay me, then I'm at risk of defaulting on my obligations to the liabilities on my balance sheet and the dominoes start to fall. Clearly, the political will doesn't exist for any one country to trigger the next financial crisis. The point is that this time the problem is localized to Australia. No dominoes fell except in Australia, and when dominoes start to fall, there's almost no stopping it from happening. If you're loving what you're hearing on the podcast, go out and tell two friends today about the show. Show them how easy it is to subscribe. The Real Estate Espresso podcast is available on more than 20 platforms on Android, Apple's iOS, Windows, Mac. You can even listen to it on a really old-fashioned iPod. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.